Cosmic Christ Podcast, channeling the mind of Christ, with your host, Ascended Master and Enlightenment Instructor, Reva Christ. Theme music, Tears of Joy, by David Beslian, BeslianStudios.com. Welcome back to Cosmic Christ Podcast, channeling the mind of Christ. I'm Reva Christ. We are on episode 38, part two of the dissertations from the book, Reaching Christ Consciousness. In this episode, Mother explains what it means to be a sentient woman. Jumping into the cosmic stream, I will be reading from the telepathic communication I received from Mother. Reaching Christ Consciousness is available in the Kindle store of Amazon worldwide. I speak for the female hierarchy when I tell you that the sentient female does not have an easy journey because men wish her to be soft and delicate, but to also be mindless, to only do a man's bidding and not her own bidding. And when you rob anyone of their inherent right to think for themselves, and to express themselves as unique individual beings, you douse the flame inside them, which is to say, you smother their spirit and their spirit mind. I did not allow my spirit mind to be extinguished, which is why I lasted as long as I have in the afterworld. There were things I knew in life because I had physical experiences. There were things I knew from information I garnered through others and from books. And there was information I knew that only came through my sentient knowledge, and this knowledge was more valuable to me than any human knowledge I possessed, because human knowledge did not possess me the way sentient knowledge did. Sentient knowledge possessed me in mind, body, and soul. My entire body radiated with sentience, and I felt alive. Human information, on the other hand, only affected me emotionally. Either it made me laugh or it made me cry. It made me angry or it made me thoughtful. Sometimes it made me depressed and despaired. But sentient knowledge was electrifying. When I felt my sentience, I felt my living energy coursing through me. And this is the difference. The dull will never experience this. They only know their human information and they think emotional knowledge is the only gift. But those who are sentient understand what I mean when I say sentience is electrifying. At its highest, it is a charge of pure electricity and at its lowest, it is foreboding and concerning. It is haunting, but it is always intelligent, always pure and always spot on. I have used my sentient field in order to filter all other information so that I may gain superior wisdom and understanding and a sense of the spiritual aspect of God and godliness, and then I passed these things on to my children, because I did not want them to be mere flesh men and women. I wanted them to know life, not death, and I knew the only way they could stay alive was through their living minds. If the mind lives, then you live. But if you do not feed the mind, 
it starves and it dies. Not all who make the journey of matter live long mental lives after death. It all depends on the quality of their food and their interest to cultivate new food crops. Food for the mind is information that inspires growth for the mind. Information that makes the mind curious. Information that is intriguing, fascinating, inspirational and aesthetic is always food for the mind because it spurns the mind into pursuit. The mind will pursue the thoughts that fascinate and intrigue it. For thoughts that fascinate and intrigue are thoughts that produce living waves that the mind wants to follow. As long as the mind is engaged in living thoughts, the mind is conscious. As soon as the mind engages in thoughts that are lifeless, the mind loses consciousness. It cannot stay awake. So while some women were beaten down by men and had their light stolen from them, I hid my lamp and did my mental living in private, and this is how I survived. No man was my master, and no woman could spurn me to follow a man with her taunts or leers and accusations that I was haughty and above my station. I was proud of my mental wealth and I never allowed anyone to usurp my right to my mental wealth. I learned quickly when to share and how much to share, and the rest I kept to myself or shared with my trusted friends and my children. I learned that once you reveal yourself to the man that you marry, and you reveal yourself as an intellectual, if that man is not an intellectual, he is really dumbfounded and cannot compete. He doesn't know what to do with you, and as your intellect confuses him, he does nothing. He looks for his own caliber of thinking in his male companions, and that was fine by me. I was never in pursuit of a man in the first place. I was married by convention, not by choice, and my time was spent on my education, not on service. I do not mean I went to schools, for this was not allowed in the age I lived in, but I did read and I availed myself of reading at every chance I could, because reading led me to ideas, and ideas were the fuel of the thoughts that fed my mind. I encourage all women to know their minds, and most importantly, to feed your minds and to know your sentient minds. Through knowledge of your sentient minds, you will understand what it is to be a mother. For the sentient woman is the flesh embodiment of Mother Earth. Through sentience and your own maternal instincts, you will feel connected to all of sentient life as if you yourself gave birth to it, as if you made the trees and the grass and the flowers, as if you made the birds and also made the birds' songs, as if you made the animal and insect kingdoms and as if you made the very living planet herself that nurtures and nourishes every living thing. To know your own sentience as a woman is to know your own creational power, the power you possess through your maternal instincts as well as your sentient knowledge and instincts. Once you tap into this 
and realize it for yourself, you will see and love the living world in a way you never thought possible. For it will all come alive for you, and you will feed off that sentient life force that it radiates in response to your sentient acknowledgement of it. There is no higher love and no greater love, nor is there a greater experience than to realize the creative potential within your own flesh and within your own mind, and to know that through your body you can bring life into the world. To hold this thought in your mind is to hold a connection to God, and to realize the ominous power of the thought is to realize the potential of God. And to know all of this, and then to see life for what it is, for what man makes of it with all his pollution and his destruction and his carnage, to see the land and the environment spoiled by his hand, to see the air polluted and the animals slaughtered, and to hear of man's plans for war and oppression, to know of his greed that drives others into poverty and despair, to see the world as it is, when you have just realized your potential to bring life into the world, is to realize the ultimate in wisdom that tells you, though you have the power to create life in the world, the world is not fit to hold life while men destroy the world. To know your power as a woman to create life and then to see the consequences of creating life in the actions of living men who spend their incarnations destroying life is to know the dismal fate that the unborn will never have to face. Creation occurred without opinion, without perception or judgment, and now, as the intelligent living creations that are endowed with opinions and perceptions and judgments, we can choose not to add to the chaos and the violence. We can choose not to give birth to any new victims for man to slaughter. We can choose not to birth any new victims for man to oppress. We can choose not to birth any new soldiers for his armies of death and destruction. And we can choose not to birth any more illnesses, any more poverty, and any more death. Realizing our power as creators through our feminine wave and our feminine bodies, we now realize the power of the wise choice not to create. The power of the wise choice not to bring the innocent to a world where man destroys innocence. The power not to create is compassionate, merciful, caring, kind, considerate, and benevolent, and I encourage all women to see this for themselves through sincere contemplation on these ideas. Do not answer the call of the body. Do not allow men to lead your lives or control your will. Do not allow society to program your actions. Seek out your own intelligent thoughts and your own sentient thoughts. Step outside of man's world and see the repercussions of his ideas and the destruction that his thoughts have brought to the planet. Be judicious when you hear his propaganda about procreation, for men need sons they can raise as soldiers, 
pioneers to conquer and destroy the enemies of their fathers. They need their destructive practices and traditions to continue, for it is the only way they can leave their legacy of carnage on the earth. Seek the sentience of your own mind, and you will feel the embrace of all living creatures that cry out for life. But living energy has no idea of the plans of men. Only you do. You see the death all around you, and know this is all that can be birthed. Changing cosmic streams, Jesus adds his dissertation to mothers. My teaching is based on reverence for the mind, understanding the power of the mind and its connection to the mental universe and all the affectations of the mental universe. You are not a mind alone. Everything is mind. Mind is all around you. And as mind is all around you, so consciousness is also all around you. And your sentient field will make you aware of this if you tune into it. It is as easy as listening. Only in sentient listening are you openly listening for energy impressions. Energy impressions can be interpreted by the human sentient mind that will use its knowledge that it has gained thus far from its recorded experiences in the physical world. When the sentient mind picks up on an energy signal or impression, it will gauge it against the emotional parameters of the receiver as well as the receiver's parameters of feeling. Each receiver understands emotions and feelings using his own interpretation of these things. How happy is happy? How many faces of happiness are there? How sad is sad? How many faces of sadness are there? How many faces of fear or foreboding are there? In order to interpret waves, you must interpret their impressions through your sensual network and gauge them through the emotional feelings of your body's physical sensations. Through opening your senses to wave interpretation, you will become aware of waves through your senses and you will understand waves through your sense information. Energy waves are void of identity, which voids them of personal intention, opinions, perspectives, perceptions, judgments, and agendas, so everything pertaining to personal information and everything concerning personal identity is actually false information in the world of pure energy waves. And as all interpretations are untrue, then all perceptions, perspectives, opinions, feelings, and emotions are also untrue, including all interpretations of hate, love, good, and bad, for all interpretations are illusions generated by personal individual interpretation. Further, it concludes that all personal information is merely a side effect of the human condition. At the same time, energy waves can be perceived through personal human interpretation of their wave output and how that wave output affects your emotions and feelings, how your body responds to the waves and how your mind responds to the waves. Waves connect to waves because they share an impulse, a vibration. In humans, there are feelings and emotion that cause connections, and these things generate illusions that enhance the connection with mental dreams. 
you can alternate this with the opposite condition of horror and repulsion, the condition of being haunted by events or experiences. The former is pleasant, the latter is unpleasant, but both are illusion. Understand, due to the presence of pain, destruction, and death, the effect of damage is real. But in the sense of living energy that survives all calamity, pain, destruction, and death, these things do not exist. The war that man wages is no different than the atmospheric disturbances that cause destructive storms or the geological disturbances that cause earthquakes and volcanic eruptions. It is chaotic energy waves waging chaos and destruction. Man is just giving these waves his mind and he is using the destructive impulse energy to plot his attack and plan his enemy's demise and he thinks by doing this he is a god. But this is only his illusion in the matter. If you take the human affectation away, you will only see energy at work. Humans make judgment calls. Either they act pleasing because they choose to be pleasing, or they act offensive because they choose to be offensive, and their choice comes from their personal agendas and how they wish to serve their own illusions. When man decides what is right and wrong, good and bad, and he leads his human community by his standards, he is taking over for the individual minds in his community and telling them how to think and feel. And those in the community who do not wish to think for themselves will be glad they have someone to think for them, and they will follow this man, and this man's ways will become the laws of the land. They will believe whatever their master says, and will not stop to think about it or interpret it individually. This is how the slaughter of animals became accepted as a worldwide money-making industry. This is how subjugation, oppression, deprivation, corporal punishment, mandatory executions, torture, hunting, terrorism, and war all became legal. It is not because these things are necessary, but that man individually decided that they are necessary, and their followers that do not wish to think for themselves accept their master's decisions. When the mind seeks to be led with no judicious reasoning of its own, and the mind that leads has no judicious reasoning of its own, chaos ensues, and there is misery all around. The human herd mentality follows the thinking that most emulates its own carnal feelings and its own need to be released from the burdens of self-government. The rational individual will care about rational information, and she will seek to rationalize ideas pick them apart and know all the nuances of how they are put together so they can be exposed to the mind and laid bare. This condition of practice works well, but it is a proverbial double-edged sword, for while on one hand it will raise your intelligence, on the other hand it will leave you emotionally cold, vacant, and intolerant. There will be no warmth in you. While it is necessary to present facts, bear information, it is also important to teach that in a human world there are consequences for actions and without the affectation of warmth, which is the affectation of light, goodness, kindness, generosity, mercy, and benevolence, there is nothing worthwhile. There is only 
raw data. You cannot change the wave, you can only influence its impulse by first meeting its wave and then giving it a gentle nudge in the direction you wish it to go. You cannot overtake it or force it to do your bidding or follow your whims. The wave was corrupted in the creation of matter and human information does not affect it for the wave forces are above human interpretation. The wave speaks a different language. It moves outward and as it moves outward it extends the web of creation to include more territory in empty space. You cannot influence the waves to stop doing this, for this is all they do. The life that appears in the universe appears due to conditions that are present because of the waves that allow life to appear. If these conditions are not established by the waves, there will be no life. The wave is not concerned if life grows or it doesn't. It is constantly moving. It is not concerned with the quality of life or the quantity of life. It moves constantly and incessantly, creating life by building up wave patterns and then destroying life by breaking down wave patterns. And this is all it does. Once it creates wave patterns, the wave patterns function according to the waves that spawn them, with no personal opinion in the matter. And above all the creation and destruction, there still lays a plane of static wave motion which is pure, untouched, and potent with all possibilities. This is all that exists beyond the Matterverse. The Matterverse is only the material representation of all that could be created from the waves in the metaphysical universe, and the Creator is not a singular force, but a combination of all waves of energy that exist and these waves are not personal. They hold no identity or personal information. Only human information is personal, and only the human wave carries human information. But as man has an opinion, and as man is a sentient creature, he can use his senses to interpret waves, and then he can also send out an impulse wave of his own to meet with the waves, and this impulse may or may not influence wave motion. The result cannot be accurately predicted due to the chaos factor. The impulse wave will have to be repeated and this is a tedious, painstaking activity that can take months and even years to reach fruition, if at all. The human wave is not the sum of all waves, even if he thinks he is. Man only controls man but he must exert constant force and vigilance to achieve control, for all of life is energy, and energy is always in motion. So man must resort to propaganda to program minds, he must enforce oppression to keep men from thinking for themselves, subjugation to deplete their will for independence, deprivation and punishment to keep their spirits low so they will not rebel, and he must send his police force to murder and execute all opposers in order to end any threat of rebellion when it does rise up. And while men have been using the same technique since they committed their first killing, they have accomplished nothing but devastation to the planet. Only the matter is destroyed. That is man's claim to fame. Behind the matter world, the energy is released.
Man does not control it, and man cannot control it. Neither can he control the information that the energy contains. He can burn the written material, but not the mental. The mind and the energy wave that carries the mind both survive the death of the matter body, so man accomplishes nothing. He has no real power. All he has is his imagined power, and as his own imagination will survive after his own corporal death, he may continue to imagine his power, but it is all folly. There is no victor and no assailant because there is only energy and information. But because you, as a human being, possess individual interpretation, you, as a human being, can continue to interpret in the mind of your energy wave after your matter body dies. But you will do this alone. The waves will not join you. Your world is the world of your imagination. This is the only world you actually ever have. Your life amounts to nothing more than what you think of it, and what you think of it creates a picture in your mind, and this is the illusion you actually live in while your body navigates the physical landscape. What you like, you like because it is your point of view that you like it. The waves do not care whether you are pleased or not. Only you care. If you are not happy, that too is your point of view. The waves do not care. The waves will go on either way. They don't feel one way or the other about it. You, individually, are the only one who cares in your own personal individual world of your mind. This is where you are God. You are the God of your own mind, the God of your imagination, governing your imagination, creating the fantasies that you mentally live in. And when you get carried away on earth and believe your mental world is also the world of matter, you will have other human forces to contend with that have their own ideas, and on top of these human forces will be the forces of creation that are indifferent and impervious to all human illusions. Coming out of the cosmic stream, in our next episode of Channeling Christ, we will listen to Jesus and Enoch discuss monitoring human behavior through cause and effect. I'm Weaver Christ. May peace be with you, and thank you for listening.